Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 449. Uh, today we're going to take a look at the Galaris. Now this is from Eagle Griffin Games. It is designed by Vital Lacerda, who has done a couple of games that I really enjoy. Uh, Venus and Kanban, as well as CO2, which I really enjoy. And this is themed after running your own art gallery. So you are trying to attract investors and collectors and sort of discovering artists and then buying and selling art and all kinds of other things. And Mr. Vital Asserta is known for doing thematic yet also heavy Euro style games. So let's jump into how this works and I'm definitely going to probably gloss over a couple of things. I'll try to keep it you know sort of brief. The rule book I will say is very well written, maybe the best written of his games. And uh, so it's easy to get into uh, once you get the flavor of it, but I'll definitely give you a sense of the game and some of the things to keep in mind in terms of strategy because that's usually the thing and I'm going to spoil the review uh, that I usually like about his games is you have to kind of discover the mechanics through the theme and the theme through the mechanics at the same time. So we'll talk more about that part in the review, but I'll kind of go over some of that stuff uh, as I go through the walkthrough. Oh, I almost forgot. Uh, I did get a copy of this from Game Surplus, and from what I've seen, they have it at a reasonable price. It's about 50 bucks or so last time I looked at it. Another place I've seen it was like set pushing 70 or, or more, which is a lot of money for this kind of style of game, but it's definitely worth it. Uh, but I think they're sold out right now. But definitely keep an eye on Game Surplus if you're kind of waffling on it or just want to wait till there's a good deal uh, because they have had it for a good price. Okay, as I said, the theme is obviously your gallery owner. Here you can see a cool cover with sort of a painting uh, um, wrapped in some paper that's been torn. I just wanted to also shoo this awesome insert, which is kind of above and beyond. And you will find that this is, uh, <laughs> since we're talking art theme, this is definitely what I would call a Baroque a Euro. Uh, Baroque was a period after the Renaissance where things were very flourished, kind of like overly done over the top. And in terms of uh, mechanics and um, production and just the insert and the box and the size and everything, it's definitely a Baroque Euro. So here's the rule book, like I said, nicely written. Each player is going to have these different player boards. Uh, you're going to have art that you install into your gallery, uh, some contracts and things. I'll get over that in a, a minute here. So these slide in nicely. You have these player aids, which are very useful, of course. And then you also have the main board, which comes out nicely here sits in there and then of course you have this plastic overlay thing which is uh, now seems to be a sort of a trademark of Eagle Griffin which I like it's sometimes you get these inserts and it's like oh uh, well it all kind of splashes and splashes everywhere uh, it doesn't do any good but that plastic keeps it nice and of course you have all this stuff here so let me break all this out I just wanted to highlight that because I think it's well done and then I will show you a little bit how the game works okay so here you can see just about everything in the game actually all won't fit in frame I've got one player board down here at the bottom, of course the main board up here, which looks really busy, but it, you know, in typical of his games, it kind of looks busy at first, but then at the end you're like, oh, it tells me everything I need to know. So let's go over a couple of things. Each player has one pawn in their color, and this is sort of like your sole worker. And you're going to be placing it in these different areas. You can see this little white circle here with a black one. So there's four worker placement spots that you can go to. Each player starts the game off in their own gallery here. And then, what happened to him? Oh, we lost a worker here. Whoops, I just forgot to put one in there. So each player has these visitors here in different colors. And there's three different visitors. There are whites, browns, and pinks. So you have collectors and investors. And the pink is uh, the VIPs. 
and each player is going to have one in their lobby. So you can see here we've got our lobby and then we have our main gallery here. Now you can have as many of these visitors as you want in here in your lobby and in your gallery. The only rule is to have more than one collector, one of the white ones, you need to have sold uh, at least one painting. So the maximum amount you can have here is one plus the number of paintings you've sold. So that's how that works. And then you will be moving them in and out and back out here to the more uh, main plaza there in the middle. And the way that that works is you have these different tickets. You can see off to the side here, I have a stack of tickets. You set these up based on the number of players. There'll be a certain amount. That's one of the sort of triggers for scoring in the end of the game is each of the tickets uh, matches each of the different uh, colored visitors there. And one of the sort of bonus actions or the game calls it executive actions you can do is move these guys in here. And it's very important where they are in the game. Sometimes you want them in the lobby. Sometimes you want them in the gallery. Sometimes you want them in both and have a hard time making up your mind. Uh, so again, you have the different action spaces. You've got a lot of these little areas here. This is like the international market there. This is the contracts up there. You need a contract in a specific type. So you can see here, this one, we want to sell a photography. And you've got four types of work. You have photography, painting, sculptures, and digital. So if I have a photo photography piece of art, I need this contract to be able to sell it. And so let's take a look at the art here. You can see I've got different stacks of art. I've got a stack here of photography, sculpture, paintings, and so on. And then you have two different artists. These are random. There's two in each of the different types of four artists for each style of work. One will randomly be discovered. So this fellow here, he's discovered. We have him flipped up, and then we have this cube here tracking his fame. So as he goes up, he might become internationally famous, you know, once it gets to the top. And that's one of the triggers for the end of the game. If two artists become internationally famous, that will be one of the triggers. The other trigger is the running out of all of the tickets. And then finally, the third trigger will be running on this bag of visitors. You can see there's visitors here on top of the art that's gonna be for sale. So if two of those triggers happen, then you finish the round and you play an additional round and then, then you score up after that. So you're gonna be discovering these artists. When you discover an artist, you're gonna flip him up, or her as the case may be, and then you're gonna start their starting fame then in the case of the red and artists these are sort of more advanced artists or just they're more expensive to start with uh, then a collector will come out here to the center of the board in the uh, in the plaza and then you also get to activate the special ability for discovering so in this case you will get to increase the fame of any artist actually uh, by one for each of the white collectors that you have inside of your gallery and so you might discover one artist to chain react and you know, have another effect go on. Uh, this one, you might actually get some tickets. So this one, you can get two different colored tickets. And again, that's good for moving the visitors around and getting them where you need to be and so on. So that's the artist. And that's in general what you're doing. You're discovering artists, you're buying and selling their paintings and so on. And then, you know, trying to do other kind of little combo-y, hero-y kind of stuff. So let's just go through a turn quickly and I'll talk a little bit about setup in the beginning of the game. Okay, so I've got everything set up here. Uh, the rule book is I'm not gonna go over every step of setup because that would take like 20 minutes just to go over it, but it's very simple. Once you do it, you're like, okay, bam, everything goes here, I know where it goes. Uh, you look at the counts and everything of what to pull in the bag and amount of tickets and stuff available from this tile, then you give that to the start player. And then each player starts in their home. And then you're gonna go to one of the worker placement spots. Don't take the action, but you get the bonus here. And then you get to put this in your gallery. And you'll put this right here. Everybody will do this. And then once you have a third work that you have in your gallery, you'll trigger this and then put him down here 
on one of these and then be able to activate one of these. But there's a way you can get a bunch more of these, and these are little end game bonuses. So you're kind of choosing uh, an end game bonus. So once each player has set up and put themselves in a spot, then you're going to go around the table and take turns. And so if I'm the blue player, maybe I want to go over here and buy a piece of art or discover a new artist. So I'll go there and then you can see I'll knock the orange player out. So I'll get to do one of these two actions, either discovering an artist or buying a piece of art. And then I have sort of my main action, which is one of those two. And then I can do sort of a sub action and it's called an executive action. And then the orange player, since they were knocked out, they're going to end up going back to their, uh, their home gallery, but they can pay influence to also take that action again. So if blue again gets knocked out, he could pay influence to take one of those main actions, but you can also instead do the executive action when you get kicked out. Now you can see here the influence track at the bottom. And you see these little pink areas with the star. To do the main action, if you get kicked out, you have to drop down a whole star, so to speak. So if I was uh, orange here and I was at the 15, I'd have to drop all the way down here to the 10 to be able to redo the action. I could do the executive action for free, but if you want to do the main action, you gotta pay. But if I was orange and I was here on the 16, then I just have to drop back down to the 15. So sometimes it's you know almost free basically to redo an action. So, and that's the same here. So let's say on a later turn, blue uh, goes over here and takes that. He can leave behind one of his assistants. You will have two assistants to start the game in your little office, but then you can buy more to add. You can never have more than four here on the board, uh, but you actually will get rid of them permanently in some ways. But what you can do actually is if you leave a spot, then you can leave him here and then he gets knocked out and then you can do the whole knockout action thing again. So that's sort of the gist of the game. You're playing and then you're leaving guys behind possibly, getting knocked about, trying to double up and get more and more done more efficiently by being in kind of in the right spot hoping that, you know, okay, Billy, he's forced to go over there because he really needs to buy something or he's really got to sell a piece of art, uh, you know, because he's got zero money and can't really do anything. He's got to go sell something. So you try to get in his way and then that way you get to double up on the amount of actions you get to do, which can be pretty big. Now, specifically, let's just kind of work through these four different areas that you can do. So here again, you can discover an artist and I mentioned how to do that before. You flip the artist over, you add maybe a collector into the middle and you set the initial fame value and then you get to, again the special ability tile like i said to get to activate that and then the other thing you get to do though with the discovered artist is you get to take their little signature here so there's two signatures per artist and when you buy a work you'll also get the signature but when you discover them you will put the signature in this little spot so you can only ever have one signature from a discovered artist at any time once you buy a work from them it'll move over here to the side of your board then you'll open up that space to discover somebody else but you can only have one when you buy a piece of work, you will place this wherever the current value is. So when you buy a work, you're going to have to pay this amount. So you can see this gal here, she starts at five, but other actions and stuff will drive it up. So her fame will get more and more. So if she was up to here, you'd have to pay 10 bucks to buy it. And then you're going to increase the fame. So let's say you can see these are all sculptures. So no matter which artist you're buying from, you just pull from the stack. You just pretend, okay, it was from this person. There are little tokens here in case you get uh, art from you know, two different people, but you know, it's the same style of art just so you can track which is which. But, so I'm gonna buy this. You can see these two folks here, they're gonna go in the center of the board to be available. And then a couple of things are gonna happen. We're gonna take a look there. So the fame is going to uh, bump up of the person you bought. So in this case, it would be one fame plus the number of collectors in your gallery. So you can see it's important to have these collectors uh, with you because they help you 
again, do things more efficiently and get more done. And so you take this and then you're going to stick this into your gallery and then you're also going to draw one new visitor from the bag uh, per ticket that's showing on the next one. And we'll put it here and then again we'll also take the signature token and we'll find out where she's at on the star track. So you see, let's say she was at three stars. You'll put that here and this track is the same for everybody. So that's the sell value. So you can see when you buy her, it cost you 10, but the sell value for three stars was actually 11. So you always make a little bit of money. Now the other thing to note is if you've discovered an artist, even though she might have moved up here, you, as long as you have that this token there, you can always buy for the discovery value. So if she moves up, you can kind of drive her up, you know, pump the popularity before you've even bought anything from her. And then you can come back later and buy it for five and then sell it, you know, for a little bit more of a profit if you spent that extra action to discover them. Now, speaking of driving up popularity, that's what this space here at the bottom of the board is for. You can see you've got two actions here. This is the first one to drive up popularity. And this other one is to hire new assistants. So down here, you can see some of these, they look like Facebook likes. So what you do is you have to drive it up to the next sort of level. So the gal we were just looking at was a popularity of one. So that means the next one has to be a two. So we're gonna spend two influence. So we're blue here, we're gonna go one, two, and then, oops, that's not blue. And then we're going to also be able to activate that ability. And the one thing to note is you'll see a lot of this. You can see the white one times one, and this is the pink times two, and the white times one, and the brown times two. When you do these things, it's gonna say, this is the number in the gallery. So even though I spent to influence, if I had, let's say, two pink and a white in my gallery, I would get five more influence because that's the pink. So I go back up five here to 13. If I had, if I was activating this one, I'd spend four influence and then I would get this much money. Two for every brown and one for every white. White's kind of like a wild, more versatile type of thing. So I'll spend the influence and then get this thing. Maybe I spent this influence and then I got two tickets. Either way, you take this here and then you're gonna increase the fame of the artist that you're pumping by one plus the number of white collectors, again, in your gallery. So we go ahead and mark her like so, and then we'll move up the fame, you know, whatever we're supposed to move her up. And then the next time you wanna pump her up, you've gotta to go to the three and the four and so on. Now the other action you can do here is buy workers or assistants. You can buy as many as you want, and you can see the price kinda of goes up, one, two, two, three, three. So let's say I wanna buy these first, I would pay five, and then I can put them over here now, I couldn't do that, actually, because you can only ever have four in your office. But let's say I had one out on the board somewhere. And then you can see, maybe, zoom in a little bit, these different uh, special things you can unlock. So I would get a brown ticket and a pink ticket for these two. And again, I would get a little bump of influence and more tickets and so on for getting these assistants. I'll talk more about what the assistants are used for in just a minute. So that's this spot here. Now, if I wanted to come over here to this spot... Uh, this is a very interesting spot, and this is where you're going to sort of lose and sort of send away your assistance for a lot of things. Okay, so this is looks kind of funky, and if you've ever played a Vidal Asserta game, he always has like this kind of track in it, it seems like. Uh, so there's two areas here. You've got this top section. These are your sort of your fame tokens. That's this star action there. And then you have this auction thing here, and this is a little auction space. Let's talk about the top part first. Now you can see at the top, you have this little dotted circle line here, here, and here. And that means you need to have certain people, not in your gallery, but in your lobby. So here it could be anybody. So we'll put the white guy there. And so as long as you have somebody in your lobby, you can activate anything along this track. So I need, in this case, a assistant to go in here. Now there's another requirement. You can see the different types of work. 
So I would need to have either sold or in my gallery a sculpture. So because I've got any worker, or excuse me, any visitor in my lobby, then I would go here because I've got a sculpture, let's say, that I just bought. So I can take this. This is going to be an end game bonus that you can see this says uh, for every, uh, this is the fame of the artist, every 15 plus fame artist, I will get an influence and two bucks. And I should say most money is um, the winner and you actually get some bonus influence at the, or bonus money at the end of the game based on your influence. Uh, so you're going to take this and put this on your board. But if I wanted to do this column, I need a brown and a pink, an investor and a VIP. In this one, I need a collector, a white one, and anybody else. And then you just need somebody from you know that kind of work, and you put that out. Now, at the end of the game, you will get points, or money in this case, if you have the majority in these columns. You can see 631, 1063, 15, 10, 6. So if you have the most workers in here, you get six bucks. Uh, if you're tied, you'd add up six and three and round down and so on. So third place would get, you know, a buck. And that's, that combines actually both of these spots here. So if this guy was down there and we just had the blow it up there, it would be tied. Uh, so that's how these work. Now down here is this auction uh, action. So when you do that, again, you need a certain people in your lobby. And then you just pay a certain amount. You don't need a piece of art. You just pay. And then you get to take that action right away. So again, you can go here pay a buck as long as you had anybody in your lobby and then you get a ticket or here you could get a new worker for free off the worker track on your main board and get influence and income and all that stuff so you'll do this now at the end of the game also this bottom part you can see there's a different amount so let's just put some guys out here that guy there and here and I'll move this blue guy down here like Sue so you're gonna take a look at the amount of money that folks have spent here. It's sort of like a long, silent auction over the course of the game. So in this case, yellow spent three bucks, red has spent three bucks, purple spent six, and blue, since there's two in here, they spent 12. Well, depending on the number of players, there'll be some random works of art on these easels here, which is really cool. And whoever has contributed the most to that auction block is going to be able to take the most valuable piece of work and what you do to realize that is you just look on the board here and you say, okay, well, it's a sculpture and this sculpture is the most valuable sculpture. So I'll take that one because the sculpture is more valuable than the most valuable uh, photograph. So you take that and then you can add it to your sold pile or the, you know, the, the work that you have in your gallery for end game bonuses and stuff. And you also get its worth and value as well. So that's that spot. And spoiler to the review, this is my least favorite part of the game and it's probably the most important part of the game in a lot of ways, uh, kind of depending on the game. But we'll talk more about that uh, at the end. Last spot is contractor or selling art. So you can go here, take a contract, and you add it to your board, or you can sell a piece of art. So when you take a contract, you can also say, I don't like any of those contracts, and then fill these up here. And so you get four more to choose from and the ones underneath to stay there and so they're not gone. Uh, and then you'll reshuffle these if you need to. And so you take a contract, let's say we'll take this one here because we have a uh, sculpture to sell. You'll take the contract and put it on one of these spots. And the first time you cover up each spot, you'll get a ticket. So this one I get a brown ticket, that one I can get any ticket I want. Now, let's take a quick break from what I've been talking about. Now I've talked about the main actions. Let's talk about the executive actions. Anytime you do one of these main actions, you can also supplement it with an executive action. And anytime you get knocked out, instead of taking the main action and paying influence to do that, you can just take the executive action, quote unquote, for free. Now, executive action can just be to spend as many tickets as you want 
and then you can move these guys around. So if I had two white tickets, I can move them from the plaza to my lobby to the gallery, or if I could do from somebody else's uh, lobby to the galley to my lobby or something. You can spend as many as you want and you move these guys around and get them where you want them to be because remember you usually want to have people here to get the bonus influence and move up the fame with the collectors but you also want them in the lobby so that you can get out here and play some of these sort of end game actions. So that's something you can do. You can spend tickets as an executive action. The other thing that you can do is you can use here your workers and you'll have these contracts here and so for example maybe i just got this contract then as my executive action i take one of my assistants and then place him down there and then i can take whatever that is and so in this case i can take and put um, a pink or brown worker from the galley into my uh, my gallery not the galley the plaza into my gallery and there's all different kinds you get free workers and get income and all that stuff so that's the other executive action you can do besides spending tickets now, let's say I want to sell. I go to that same spot and I want to be able to sell a work. I need a matching contract and I'm going to go ahead and just sell it. And you get, again, the value uh, wherever it currently is tracking here. You'll get that much money back. And so you'll take here and you'll just move this off to the side of your board or right above your board and sell it. And then you'll flip over this contract. Now, all the contracts have the same back. And you can see you can sort of stick this side up with the pink guy or you can stick this side up here with the brown guy. Let's say I just wanted to stick that there. So to do that, I have to return a brown or white guy from my gallery into the plaza. So I just sold the work. Let's say I turned the, kicked the brown guy out. And then now what I've done is I've unlocked a new sort of executive action, even though it's kind of funny because you have to kick the guy out that you want to use. Now I can activate this with one of my assistants and I can collect income. If I did this way, I could kick out a pink or white one. And then now I've got down here, this executive action that I can do and take and get some extra influence. Okay, I think that's everything. The only thing I'm not sure that I mentioned is when you take these tiles here or when you get to this third one and get it, you will take and put this on here and you get to immediately do that action, like get tickets and so on. Um, you can never use the fourth space unless you have a work from a famous artist. Again, that's maxed out on their fame potential up there. So you, you this is sort of closed off to you and so you become a gallery sort of worth uh, having somebody like that. And then you're gonna do end game scoring. Now there is a mid game scoring. Once you deplete one of these colors of tickets, the tickets aren't out of the game, but let's say we depleted all the pink tickets. And then somebody you know, gets an ability to get a pink ticket. Well, what you do is you actually discard one of the other tickets and then take a pink ticket from the discard pile. But once you deplete one of these, you'll have, you can see, a mid-game scoring. And this is typical to the other stuff you've been scoring in the game, is you get influence equal to these guys in your gallery and then money equal to these folks there. That's like your mid-game scoring. And then again, once you trigger all the tickets gone or two famous artists or no more visitors in the bag, then you have final scoring. And I should say final scoring after everybody's had their final turns. Now here you can see a nice little cheat sheet. And this is the thing to remember in the game is the white guys are always going to give you a buck or an influence or some fame. The brown guys, two bucks, and the pink guys, two influence. And that's everywhere on the board. And it's a nice little reminder there. Now at the end of the game is you're going to score all this stuff. So you have your international market, and I explained that, and that's for majority in these different columns there. You're gonna get that much extra money. And then next you have the fame tiles, and remember these are the tiles you grabbed from that international market area, and you get points for these. So this is like one influence point and two bucks for each of these actual tiles there. They all have that back. So you're gonna score all those tiles you have. 
you're going to score all of the works in your gallery. So you're going to get their sale value. You can see that there. That's everything that's in your gallery that you haven't sold. So at the end of the game, it's perfectly legit to go and get some stuff and not really have the intent to sell it necessarily. And then you're going to go ahead and grab the auction thing. Remember I talked about it down here. We score these over here and then you grab the stuff that was on the easel and you're going to get the worth and money for it. But then you're going to have to decide if you want to put it in your exhibitor hall or consider it as part of your sold. And the reason you'll do that is because each player is going to get one of each of these different end game bonus cards. So you can see you got one of these and then one of these. This will give you bonuses for having stuff in your gallery. So if you had a photography, a sculpture, and a digital art, you get extra 10 bucks. And this is the stuff you sold. So if you had a photography and a sculpture and you're sold, you get an extra 10 bucks. So that might drive, you know, where you stick the auctioned art there. And then you're going to look at the influence track. And wherever you are on the influence track, you're going to get that much money. And then whoever has the most money wins. The other thing I didn't mention is you can actually, if you need to, let's say you're two bucks short for something, you can drop down two denominations and then apply that to whatever you're short. So in this case, I could go one, two, and then spend that during anything or I need to pay for it. But as you can see as well, uh, the influence will have some sort of I don't know what to call it. It's not exponential, but you get some better returns as you move up. Each spot will increase a buck at the end of the game. And some of these end game bonus tiles here, like you can see, they give you extra influence and money. So the more you move up, uh, as you score these, you're going to get more money at the very end. And then again, whoever has the most money is the winner. Okay, so that is the gallerist. I'm a little tired from that. Uh, so... <laughs> Let's go into, I really like this game, A. Let's go into the one thing I don't like, and this is just because I feel like I'm being kind of nitpicky, and it's because I really enjoy the designer's other game so much, and it's kind of like, okay, he did it again. And that's the international market thing, where you have the area majorities in the columns, which is straight out of Vinos, and you have this sort of abstracted like, oh, you go over here, there's extra points over here. And it's like, it doesn't really connect itself to the rest, um, and that's because the rest is so well connected that it kind of sticks out. And the other problem for me is, it, and I, I find it to be not overly important, but it is really important uh, for the end of the game. Scoring is to get some of those extra bonuses, and then you get the extra you know, points or money for having majority in the columns. And this feels like sort of abstracty, sort of theme reducing for me. So... From a gameplay standpoint, I really like that kind of track. It's very cool and interesting how it kind of works mechanically with the rest of it. But the cool thing about this game, it kind of pushes it into the spot where I would call it like an excellent Euro, is the interaction and the sort of brinkmanship between the players. And what do I mean by that? Well, you have this interesting idea of taking worker placement spots. That whole thing is very interesting, and it really shines with a two-player game, which I did not expect. Uh, I should say I haven't played it with four. I've only played it with two and three. But that's very cool. And I like that I can play this style of game, you know, with two players and then not feel lacking, which is really, I don't know if it's hard to do necessarily. It just doesn't seem to always happen. Uh, Kalis is my favorite game of all time. And it's awful with two players. <laughs> you know, I never want everyone to play with two players, but it's a nice sort of meaty, crunchy Euro. Not by today's standards, but back then it seemed to be. Uh, you know, and it doesn't really work well with two players. This works awesome with two players. And I think it, it's it's his best game with two players. Venus I like with two, but it feels like a little bit, sort of like a jumps off the rail, uh, roller coaster tracks a little bit. Um, but it also works great with three. Now, getting back to my point of the brinkmanship was... 
you have that consideration and that sort of interactive level with the players and like, where do I go? Do I leave a guy here? Am I pretty sure that they're going to go and bump out my assistant? That whole aspect of it, which is really, really cool. But then you have the whole idea of the artist discovering the artist, buying the artist, pumping up the um, the uh, the fame of the artist, and all that kind of stuff. So you can kind of ride on coattails a little bit. You can you know jump in on that and you can really sort of see how close some are going to get to uh, being internationally famous hitting the max fame level uh, you've got the whole idea of moving the visitors around and that has a, like a level of screwage and take thatiness uh, but i think it really works well here you have to be very considerate about where those people are because they can get poached and the whole idea of poaching visitors and uh, artists and stuff like that you don't necessarily poach the artists which is interesting you're more poaching you're preying upon <laughs> the visitors and the collectors and all those kinds of people like you know come over to my my place my place is better and trying to combo those up with all the different uh, you know executive actions and all that so that becomes very important and again it this is to me this is probably my second favorite of Vital. A lot of people, we like to talk about that. If you like Vital Lacerda's work, you like to discuss which one's your favorite, it seems. This is my second favorite, and that's because, uh, now I need to play it more to see if it would ever replace CO2, which is my favorite, because this one has nothing in common with like a lot of Euros. It really, it kind of sets itself apart. Yeah, you got some worker placement stuff in this, um, but even in Vinos, it was so different of a worker placement. It was like, I think I ended up calling that one like a three-dimensional rondelle or something because it was like you could go weird places and it wasn't just a circle, but you could pay to jump spots and it was kind of cool. And this kind of has that same worker placement feel, but it kind of pushed us a little bit more. You know, you've only got one worker. You can go to this one spot. Now you've locked yourself out from doing that again, maybe, unless somebody bumps you out and you place it in the right spot. Now in Vinos, yeah, you had to pay extra money if somebody went there, um, which was just kind of like a little bit of an annoyance for you. I mean, not in a bad way, just gameplay-wise. And so that element there feels really different and unique and fun. And like I talked about with all of the sort of nasty brinkmanship stuff with the artists and the collectors or the visitors, uh, that's also a very, very different and feels uh, really cool and neat and neat. And uh, actually, you know, and it, again, with Vital's work, it always seems to kind of sink back and lock into the theme that is trying to evoke. And so once you can kind of get through that wall of, of, of complexity, then you can kind of get into the theme of it and you can kind of play the game of it. And to me, that's what this one really starts to uh, to excel at. Um, now, there, I would say the difference for me between this and Venus is why maybe this is higher is because Venus, you have these kind of turns which are um, dramatically uh, pretty swingy in a way. I mean, not like in a sense that I think the game's not balanced. It's just if you're not careful, somebody else can like just take you and like swing you around like Hulk swings Loki around. Uh, this one, not so much. You can have some, some beating up of, of players in this, but it also still gives you that ability to do your main action and then do chain reaction with this and chain reaction with this and so on, which feels very fine-tuned on this one. So, 
end of the day, very neat, very cool theme, awesome production, very crunchy. It's going to take you a couple of plays to get into this one and start to actually understand what you're doing and why you're doing it, especially where the visitors are at. Like in, if they're in the lobby or the gallery and you're like, I want them in the lobby because I want to go grab this area control track at the end, but I need them in the gallery because when I take these extra bonus actions and executive actions and trigger these extra effects, I want to score money and influence that I can use to spend later. So there's a nice dichotomy there. Um, but again, the, the track here at the end on the side, it feels like, I don't know. This is me completely speaking out of school and it's really not fair. It's just speculation. But when I first heard of this game coming out, it was sort of presented as this is going to be Vital's sort of lighter game, his sort of medium year. And I was like, oh, very interesting, you know, because his others are pretty meaty and there's a lot of levers and clockwork wheels sort of interlocking and all that kind of crazy stuff with his games. And I was like, interesting, but this is not. This is easily just as complex as his other games. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't really rank his games in complexity. I think they're all equal. You can give or take um, that. Uh, but then it feels like, okay, so they had a game and then they whack on the area control of Vinos here at the end. That's the only thing I'm like, hmm, they did that again. Okay, and that's fine, but I think it that also pulls it away from being uh, in the medium range, which is, it's fine. It's just, you know, it's just kind of me being Mr. Board Game Geek Poindexter over here, but uh, it is what it is. I just find that, so I was like, what's, why is that there? <laughs> <laughs> like it's all this like this whole other chain reaction of stuff above and beyond me just manipulating the visitors and the artists. I like it though. Please don't take me wrong. I think it's really cool mechanically. Um, but it would be neat to see a game without that and also just with that sort of purity. Because I think the one thing about that, and this is this is why I'm sort of focused on this one, is because there's a lot of player to player interesting situations that can happen. I talked about the blocking of the workers and displacement and manipulating the artists and all that. And it really became obvious when I played it two-player that the game has a lot of that in it. More so, I think, than his other games, except maybe CO2, where it's less about like figuring out and warming through this maze of mechanics and more about me like, you know, looking at you and, and doing stuff that you don't like and etc and then this kind of thing kind of pulls you out of that it kind of pulls that back down in a way of course you want to get to the good stuff before the other players and all that stuff i mean we've seen that a million times in a year though oh that's a good one that's worth 15 points and this is worth 12 i'll take the 15 you know and i'll do it more efficiently than you that's fine we've seen that a million times but the other part of this is sort of guessing at what the player's doing with the bluffing and stuff like that uh, not bluffing, but, you know, trying to guess at what their action would be so you get the kick-out action. Um, yeah, so the only other thing was, and I, I reticent to not bring this up, is when you do the kick-out action, you can kind of lose track of whose turn it is. Because if it's blue, and then you kick out the other guy, and it's to his left, and he's like, and he does his turn, and you think, oh, it's my turn. He's like, oh, no, no I was just doing the kick-out action. Now I'm going to do my real turn. And you're like, oh, okay, go back. That can be kind of weird. And we talked about like, okay, well, what if you got to do it at the beginning of your turn if you got kicked out? But obviously that doesn't work because if you, especially in a four-player game, it would just be a nightmare. But just, I would say, take that and kind of breathe in that a little bit when you play it, the whole kick out, and then somebody kind of getting those turns. Because that's going to, it'll just, you'll be like, whose turn is it? <laughs> uh, and that's not bad. It's just something that's come up a few times. 
Okay, so I definitely recommend it. If this is your style of game, you probably already have it. But uh, anyway, take a look at it. It is munchy and chewable and all that kinds of good stuff. And it does work well with two, which is a definite bonus for the style game. Thanks.